Hi, it's Paige. You are all in for such a treat today. I am interviewing Julia from Rich in What Matters. I cannot wait for you to hear her story of living minimally, of how she was in $40,000 of consumer debt, how she had this ideal vision of what it would look like to be a stay-at-home mom. She became a stay-at-home mom, and as she shares in her story, she felt more like a stuff manager. And her counselor, as you'll hear her talk about, offered her this different way of life, this other option of doing things when she asked her, have you ever heard of minimalism? And Julia was intrigued and I can't wait. I'll leave the rest of the story for Julia to tell you. There's so much goodness here. I loved how she talked about when you first think of minimalism, you just think of like a house with white walls and no stuff in it. And it is truly so much deeper than that. I love the freedom and the space that it creates in your life. I love the the room that it gives the Holy Spirit to move and for you to actually hear the time that she talked about uh, now having for prayer and playing with her kids and having a routine, but letting it be so flexible. This is such a beautiful episode. Okay, let's dive right in. Enjoy. Welcome to Living Brightly. I'm your host, Paige Schmidt. This podcast is dedicated to women who aspire to co-create a bright and purposeful life with God. Here, we'll have conversations and share stories about what it means to live brightly as women who are unconditionally loved by God. So let's dive right in and embark on this transformative journey together. Okay. Hi, Julia. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much for joining me. Paige, thank you so much for having me on. I know we haven't talked before, but I feel like we have because like I said, you remind me of an old friend of mine from elementary school, really. She was like a bridesmaid in my wedding. And so, yeah, I just feel like I already know you and I'm I'm excited for this conversation. Oh, I'm so, so, so excited. Um, I wish I would, I wish I had the post in front of me right now, but the way that I found you is you posted something on Instagram that started circulating at 10 and I saw a bunch of my friends post it. Help me remember the quote. It was like, if you want your kids to like grow up and do well, basically spend twice as much time with them and half as much money or something like that. Am I getting that right? Yep. Yep. Yes. Yes. Uh Oh my gosh. I remember seeing that. So my friend Asia posted it first and I reposted it. Then I saw my friend Jenna repost it and it just like kept going around and it spoke to everyone so much. And so then I went to your Instagram page, which is at rich in what matters. And I started looking through all the quotes and everything that you post. And I was so inspired. My husband and I have always loved minimalism and been interested in it. But what really got me is in your bio, it said, Holy spirit led. So I was like, okay, I feel like I'm friends with Julia already. This is so great. Mm -hmm. Um, and so I'm so excited to hear about your story and get to ask you questions on minimalism today and just what it's done for you in your life. Yeah, well, I'll start with my story then. Yeah, I would love um, that. Story, yeah, it starts in Iowa where I grew up um, close to my my grandma. And my grandma, she loved to shop. So my grandma would buy things for herself. She'd buy things for me. It was her way of showing love, really. Um, and I would spend time with her. I'd go into her home. I'd see all her, her closets that were just filled to the brim with new clothes. I had 90% had the price tags on them still. So she would shop. Whether she had the money or not, it was just what she did. And so... I'd spend time with her and we would go shopping. And soon I learned, I learned that shopping was fun and that it was a way to feel good. It was a way um, not to feel bad, right? 
And so um, I carried that mindset really into my 20s. I started making money. I started spending money. And pretty soon I had a whole lot of stuff and about $40,000 worth of credit card debt. So I've not always been a minimalist, right? I had all this stuff, all this credit card debt. And, and when I thought about the debt, I would feel bad. But when I felt bad, I'd go buy something new because that's what I thought would make me feel good. That's what I thought would make me happy. And, and really this cycle continued up about the time that our second daughter was born. So we have four kids now, but this was at the time our second daughter was born. And my I was working outside the home at the time as a speech language pathologist. And I always wanted to stay home with our kids. So that was my dream to stay home with our kids. And at the time, my husband got a promotion. So I was able to do it. I was so excited, just thrilled and just had this really, you know, idyllic vision of what stay at home mom life would be like. We'd be baking cookies. We'd be reading Little House on the Prairie, just snuggled on the couch with my daughters. And so in my mind, it was just going to be great. And about two weeks into this, into this stay at home mom gig, I wouldn't have even called myself a stay at home mom. I would have said that like a full-time stuff manager would have been a better title because I was just constantly tripping over things. I was picking things up. I was cleaning things. I was looking for things. It was just so much stuff. And I was just taking care of it. And I was overwhelmed. I, I was there, but I wasn't really present, right? I was like there, but not really there. It was almost like numbing even. And, you know, I was just stressed to the max. So a couple months, I'd say, into living this way, I was diagnosed with postpartum depression. And I have this memory of this, this moment when I was up in the baby's nursery, I was feeding the baby in the recliner chair. And really, I was just, I was talking with God, really pleading with God. I was like, God, what is going on here? This is not what I signed up for and something needs to change. And so I was reading the Bible and a couple of verses from Luke chapter 12 just jumped off the page at me. And they said, your life does not consist of possessions. Be rich in what matters. And, and so I paused right there and I was like, am I rich in what matters? Am I rich in time you know, for a relationship with Jesus? Am I Am I rich in time with my family to be present to them to, you know, for self-care, for a hobby that I love? And no, the answer was absolutely not. So that really, that planted the seed that something in my life around the area of, of possessions needed to change, but I didn't know, I didn't know what, I didn't know where to go from there. But that same week I had a therapy appointment. And so at the end of this therapy session, just as I was leaving, the therapist said, Julia, have you ever heard of minimalism? And I said, oh, you mean like houses with white walls and next to nothing in them? And she's like, well, there's more to it than that. Look into it. You know, I think you might be interested. So I was curious and, you know, just got in the car and did a Google search. And right away, like I was just so interested in this. And and I, I realized that there were a lot of resources out there about minimalism. And so I started reading books and blogs. I started listening to podcasts and this idea that I didn't need all this stuff to be happy. In fact, I'd be a whole lot happier with less of it because then I would have more time and attention and energy to focus on who and what mattered. It was a mindset shift that was, it was life-changing. And it finally gave me kind of a vision of how to get out of this postpartum depression tunnel that I, that I was stuck in at the time. And so I went, I went all in on minimalism and I started a blog at the time. I called it Rich and What Matters based on the Bible verse that spoke to me. And yeah, it's just been a really fun journey. We got rid of about 75% of our stuff over the course of the first year. 
And then we downsized to an apartment for a couple of years with our family. And we've been living as minimalists for about four and a half years now. And we have four kids, ages nine, five, three, and one. And yeah, just life as a minimalist is just so, it's it's a life of less stress, less anxiety. There's just not, I'm not focused on taking care of stuff or what am I going to buy next? And it's, you know, there's still chaos in our homes at times. We have four kids. Our home isn't very big intentionally. And, um, but just in the midst of that chaos, there's just a sense of calm underlying it because we have less stuff. And I'd say ultimately, uh, minimalism has just been so freeing. It's, it's freed me to really focus on who and what matters, which ultimately is Jesus and a relationship with him. Totally. Oh my gosh. Your story made me so emotional. I'm like, wow, that's so touching. And it's so wild. I was just journaling this morning and praying like, God speak to me, like, you know, one word from scripture to focus on like in my business and everything. And I, your story also reminds me of how you can literally be reading scripture and God can just speak to you so deeply through one verse. And like that verse in Luke spoke to you so much, like be rich in what matters. And sometimes that's all it takes for God to speak to us. And you're like, yes, whoa, like boom, profound. And then it led to this whole other much larger story that you never even saw coming. It's so amazing. Um, so I am so curious about so many things here, but one has minimalism helped you to pay off your debt. Are you guys on that journey right now? Like, what does that part looked like? My husband and I love Dave Ramsey and I actually did his financial coach training. So I'm like super inspired by, um, debt payoff stories too. Yeah, absolutely. We love Dave Ramsey too. And yeah, it is, it is helped us pay off our debt. I mean, we don't have car payments anymore. We're debt free. It's, it's amazing. Yeah. And it's really just the mindset shift, right? Of, wow, I need so much less than I actually do to be happy. And so I don't need to go buy things all the time. There are so many other things that I can do, you know? And really when you stop that influx of things coming into your home and um, it, it just shifts everything and yeah, your debt debt goes away when you're not spending, right? And you're not oh spending what you Oh my gosh, mm-hmm. that is so inspiring. And I think will be so inspiring for the person who's trying to pay off debt too. Cause sometimes you look at your current budget and you're like, how will I ever get out of this debt? Like life is so expensive, but it sounds like from what you're saying, you can actually make your life so much less expensive. So was that part of the reason for you guys moving into an apartment was to help the debt payoff plan or just to minimize and have less space? Mm-hmm. Yeah. To minimize and have less space because what we found is that when you are in a space that's a little bit smaller, you're not tempted to fill all the spaces, right? So when there are less spaces to fill, you're not going to keep filling it up. And so it really helped us stay on track with minimalism to really be really intentional about what we brought into our space to really, you know, it had to serve a purpose. It had to serve us and support our family or there wasn't space for it. Literally there wasn't. So yeah, it was more just to keep us on that journey. Amazing. Mm -hmm. And so what do you guys do when other people bring things into your home, like gifts or things for your kids and they like you decide like these actually aren't things we would have bought ourselves or something like, what do you do? Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's a great question because that's a real thing for for anyone, especially anyone who has kids and very loving grandparents, aunts and uncles, right? It's real. Um, Yeah, I think we're at the point now where we just, if someone gives us something, we accept it. Um, It's 
act of love, right? When done intentionally, giving gift giving is an act of love. And so we see it as that and we we accept it and we just kind of, you know, let it into our home. And when you don't have a lot of things anyway, you can something new, you can really, you know, see it stands out. So we just kind of watch it and observe it, like let it flow into our home. And is it then then we decide, like, is it helping our family? Is it supporting us? Or is it just sitting there collecting dust and nobody's ever using it or playing with it or, you know, so you just kind of watch it for a little bit and see what it's doing. And then if it um, hasn't really earned its keep, it's uh, not going to stay. And um, yeah. And I think that our, by now our family knows that. And so um, that has changed the way that they give gifts. Cause they do know that if they give us something that doesn't really serve us, we're, we're not going to keep it. And um, so, you know, I, I would say though, like getting started with, with that, I, there, there's a few things that I keep in mind. Like if you're going to have that conversation with somebody, like say that you, you've minimized your house and you really just don't want more stuff coming in. Um, a few of the things that have helped, helped me, um, one is to just to, so like start out the conversation by being grateful and, you know, we're so, we're so glad that you want to bless our kids with stuff or, you know, something like that, like be grateful first and, you know, acknowledge that it's an act of love that they want to bring something, you know, to your, to your family. And then like really be clear on why you don't want more stuff in your home. So maybe it's just that you just had another baby and now you have four kids and the thought of having more stuff come in right now is, is overwhelming. Or maybe it's that God has put it on your heart that you are called to live very simply and, you know, doesn't feel right at this in this season of life to have more stuff come in. Or, you know, maybe you just don't have a lot of space. Literally, you, li you live in a small home. So it's really know why it is that you that you don't want more stuff coming into your home. And, and you can include that when you talk to them. But, and then the third thing is tell them what to do instead of what you don't want them to do. So mm. if there's something that would really bless your family to have, maybe it's a physical thing, like, I don't know, maybe a play tent for your four kids to share or a zoo pass or, you know, ice skating passes if it's Christmas, something like that. So what is it that you want? What would really bless your family? Cause you, you know, right. And so what, what is it that would really bless your family? Tell them that you'd like that instead of, Hey, just don't get us anything this year, you know, tell them, you know, what, it, what it is. So, you know, it could sound something like this. It could be like, we are blessed that you want to get our kids gifts. And like with four kids now, we would love a family zoo pass. Our kids would just love this gift so much. So you're still acknowledging the the giver, letting them feel good that, hey, we, we love it, you know, that, that you want to give our, our kids something, but it doesn't have to be stuff, you know, it, it doesn't have to be stuff. So, and, and then don't be upset when people don't listen to you right away, because it is so ingrained in our culture. And for some people, it's their love language, right, to, to give gifts. And so it's just, um, I think it took probably about three years for for my parents for my mom to really to really get that hey she's really serious about this like I can't just buy everything I think that would be so fun to watch the kids open on Christmas right yeah so um don't lose heart just just stick with it and I think if you're really um this is a lifestyle you feel called to then eventually people will respect that yeah mm, that is so encouraging and such good practical advice thank you so I'm so curious, since you guys have been living minimally, what are some of the things that you realized you were just overspending on before? Like you were over purchasing or the things like, what are you buying less of now? Hmm, that's a great question. I would say we were totally overspending on going out to eat. My husband and I did that so much before we had kids. 
And um, so that was one thing that we've we've really you know cut out. Not that we do it, don't do it completely, but we've changed how we do that. And then, hmm, what was I spending money on? Any anything? Like I think clothing. Yeah, like the average woman I think now has maybe thirty outfits, one for every day of the week. And I had a closet just full of clothes. I have like six now and you can interchange them. Inter- yeah, and it's great. Like Amazing. you always are wearing what you want and what you feel good in. So yeah, clothing, that's one thing. And um, I think, you know, it's it's good to think of like what you do feel called to spend money on because it's it's not bad like to spend to spend money if you've, you know, been called or been blessed to, to spend it. So, but maybe you spend... Um, on healthy groceries for your kids and yourself, and then you don't spend a lot on clothes, right? So it's kind of really just like being intentional about that spending too. But another thing I would say that I was really spending a lot on that we don't anymore was toys. I, with our first daughter, I would just, I mean, that's how I was raised though. Like my grandma gave me toys all the time. Every time I saw her, she had a couple or three for me, you know? And so I felt like, good behavior needed rewarded with toys. Oh, she slept through the bed all the whole night. Let's go to Walmart and pick out a Barbie. Like that was what we did. And like every day she might've got something new. Like really, we were really buying a lot of toys. And so then, and there I was like in our home, like, where did all this stuff come from? Well, it was from me. I bought it all. (laughs) We, We don't do that anymore. It's like, I think the stat is that there's, that the U.S. has 3% of the world's children and 40% of the world's toys. So look at oh, that. Dis- wow. Yeah, that discrepancy. It's it's huge. And so we were totally living that. Now, now we we don't. And it's it's funny though, because our oldest now is nine. And so we have the three other kids, and she is the one who still is, Mom, let's go shopping. Like she wants to go. Like she was raised that way until she was about four or five. And so it's still kind of part of her. It's like, Mom, let's go to the dollar store and let's just go buy some stuff. And like, hmm, really? Like, but my others who have been raised in a minimalist lifestyle, right? My five-year-old and three-year-old never asked to go shopping ever, ever. They're just outside playing. They're just, so I think if you can really start it early, I mean, with your kids, it's such a blessing to give them that outlook on life that, you know, I don't need more because when you just buy your kids more, their reaction is I need more. And that's what they think. If that's Mm. all they ever see, right? That's just what they learn. And so, She's still got a little of that of that in her, and um, so we're we're you know it, it leads to some great conversations though, which is amazing. Which is good. Oh, I love that. Oh my gosh, I love the grace you have for her too. Like at least it brings some great conversations. Yeah, yeah, that's so awesome. So I often talk about in coaching that the way we do one thing is the way we do everything, or the way we do one thing is the way we do anything. And so I'm really curious for you living a minimalist lifestyle with your physical things, where else in your life has that helped you to see that there's, there's excess, like there's, there's too much. There's like a, um, like I often say, like overthinking, over drinking, overeating, right? Like there's an over of everything. Uh, Mm -hmm. Where else in your life have you learned to live more minimally, whether it's like your schedule or literally like your thought life or a way you are in your relationships. Like, I just want to hear all the other ways that this has impacted you. Yeah. I love that question. So yeah. So as I was decluttering, I, I really kind of realized that 
minimalism is about our stuff, but really it's about the you underneath your stuff. So it's about more than just your stuff. And so once you make that physical space, get rid of the you know mm-hmm. excess physical things, you really have time to look at what's going on inside. It's almost like our physical possessions also are like a physical manifestation of what is going on inside of us. So if you look inside that door of your home, is that kind of paralleling looking inside the door of your soul? And so once I had cleared that clutter, I was just like, wow, there's so much inner clutter here too, right? Like this is not all that needs decluttered. And so what did that look like? Negative self-talk thoughts, comparison, caring what others think, distraction, worry. So all that was was there and it just kind of came to the surface now that I wasn't so you know, focused on cleaning and organizing and managing stuff. And um, and actually, I love this idea that we we have an outer house and then we have we have our inner house too. And both of them can get cluttered. And um, it's so important to think about the clutter in both of them because you know, as we um, see in First Corinthians six one, we are a temple of the Holy Spirit. And so, who's living inside our in our inner house? It's the Holy Spirit, right? Do not know that your mm-hmm. temples are that your bodies are temples of the Holy Spirit, who is in you, whom you have received from God. And so we we need to remember our inner home too, because that's that's where the Holy Spirit is is living. And so I I like to think of this idea of I like the Holy Spirit is in our home, our inner home, and you know He's there. He's He's waiting for us. He might even be like knocking at the door, standing at the door and knocking. And and we're outside and we're trying to get in. We're trying to to have a relationship with him, to connect with him. But like, can we move that door? Can we even open the door of our soul? Or is it so filled with clutter that we hit, we open it a little bit and it like hits these boxes and we can't really get in and we can't really get through. And so like to have a really connected, deep relationship with Christ, I think we need to do that inner inner home decluttering Um, because it's going to be really hard to connect with him and to reach him if we're distracted all the time or worrying all the time. And um, I like to think too of like the Holy Spirit in my inner home. Like, what does it look like? Is does he have room to move like freely through the inner home, or is he like in a corner, crowded around by like all these boxes of like worry and self talk about? Like, is he just like in the little you know corner, curled up? Because then he can't move, and if he can't move, we can't feel his movements throughout our wow. life. We don't, feel, yeah, his guidance throughout the day, and and so I think it's so important to look at the the inner clutter and. And so, yes, to your question, um, that is what I, I really worked on a lot after removing the physical stuff. Oh yeah. my gosh. That makes your statement in your bio, Holy Spirit led, like even more profound because it's like you have literally decluttered your soul. You've opened that door wide. You're giving the Holy Spirit tons of space to help you with your schedule, the way you spend money, the way you talk to your kids, the way you are as a parent. Oh, that's so, so, so amazing. And what really struck me as well, when you were talking about when you have so much stuff, you're just constantly reorganizing it in a way. It it made me, it brought up the question for me, like, how are we doing that with things like our worry and our self-doubt, like feeling like we're dealing with it, but really just reorganizing it and having like our worry switch from one thing to the next thing, rather than like actually allowing ourselves to surrender it, eliminate it, really create space to trust God. Mm-hmm. Oh, I love that idea. Yeah, I love that because we uh-huh. do that if we're not intentional about really just giving it to him and, you know, figuring out some tools, whatever it is we need to to get rid of it. Yeah. Amazing. So what does a day in your life with minimalist living 
look like? I'm so curious now. I'm like, if, if you don't have all this stuff and you're not constantly picking up and your schedule probably isn't like maybe as overcrowded as it would be, you're shaking your head like, no, no, it's not. So tell me about a day. Tell us about a day in your life with minimalist living. Yeah, um, that's a great question. So we definitely still have um, routines and like, um, you know, in, within our home to make sure things flow, right? So it's not like we have so many dishes that we can't even do anything with them, right? We have four kids, they need to eat breakfast. And and so we have um, this routine with our dishes where we'll um, wash them the night before the dishwashers like clean in the morning, and then all the dishes go back. And then we use them throughout the day when they're dirty, they go in the dishwasher and at night, we wash them. So like it kind of starts with our, if you're looking at our stuff, it starts with our dish routine, right? And it's not like I do this every morning, like some mornings, you know, the three-year-old needs me to sit on the couch and read with him. And so I will. And so, you know, it's, it's really flexible, totally flexible. Right. But what it, what it does is it keeps everything manageable. Right. So I'm never feeling overwhelmed by the stuff in my home. Like if I didn't do the dishes, like in the routines off, it's like, okay, I'll just catch up on that whenever. Cause it takes me five minutes. So it doesn't really matter. Right. So, um, but what it's, I'd say what it's freed me to do then is to be, um, spend more time with our kids. Um, I'm, I'm able to go outside with them more too. We spend a lot of time outside now, which is great. Um, and I'm able to write. I love to write and it's given me so much time to to write now. So um, when I'm not picking up stuff, I, I'm working on a book right now and love blogging. Yeah, it's so exciting. So cool. Uh, yeah. And it's also freed us like to, to, we do a hybrid homeschool. So I'm I'm homeschooling our kids three days a week and they're in school two days a week. And so just, I don't know, having all this space in our schedule and our lives, it just allows for us to do more of the things that we feel, I mean, that we're called to do, right? So, yeah. And oh gosh, actually, I, I didn't this. say, though, the most important thing I didn't say is that I start each day with prayer, that I'm now able to, like, I don't feel like I have to, oh, I have to go do everything in the house now, like, before the kids get up. And, like, I, I'll i sit and I'll pray for 20 minutes each day, sometimes 30. I mean, the time goes so fast, right, when you're you're in that space with, with God. and it's um. Like I'll sometimes hear my kids, like they can make breakfast by themselves. They can do all, I mean, the youngest is three, but like the nine-year-old can still take care of him as much as she needs in the morning while I'm doing my prayer time. And they just know that. And they know that I'll be out eventually. They can go out in the backyard and play. So, so yeah, that's, that's the most important thing that minimalism has gave, given me time to do because before that I, I, I didn't do that. And it's, it's a game changer for sure. Oh my gosh. This is so incredible. This is going to be like my favorite podcast episode ever. I'm just going to re-listen to it and re-listen to it. So how has minimalism benefited your relationship? So early in the episode, you talked about you wanted to be a stay-at-home mom. You became a stay-at-home mom. You had this ideal picture of what it would be. And then you just found yourself being a stuff manager. And so I'm assuming like not being as patient. And then I think you said not being as present. That's how I would feel if I was feeling like I constantly had to be a stuff manager, picking things up or don't get that out or, oh my gosh, there's so much to do. So how has it benefited and blessed your relationships to have a minimalist lifestyle? Yeah, well, it gives me, I would say so much more presence, first of all, to the people I'm doing life with, the people I'm blessed to be doing life with. And um, it also just gives me so much more patience. I think that what I have noticed, and I was reading about this recently too, and it's so true that a parent's stress levels, the child's going to mirror the parent's stress levels. Their stress levels go to the same tune of that as the parent. And so when the parent is able to be not stressed, 
man, it just sets such a different tone for for your day. And I mean, sure, I still have my moments, right? I'm human, but it's so much less than it used to be. Like, I'm not reactive like I used to be. I mean, yeah. So, um, and you're just able to see more of what's going on in the lives of those who you're who you're around, right? It's not, it used to be like, I would, I'd had like the baby with me and okay, it's like, okay, bathe, bathe the baby, check, feed the baby, check. Like I was just checking off all these things I had to do with these with these kids, instead of actually spending time with them during that moment, you know, like, okay, let's have, you know, let's blow the bubbles in the bath and or let's mm-hmm. read a book to you, you know, like engaging with them, right? Like you are able so much more to engage with, with the people who, who you're around. And then like the end of the day, it's not stressful when, if we need to do a tidy, there's just like a routine the kids know that everything goes off the floor at the end of the night. And it's just, they know that they do it. And they can do it because it's manageable. Like if there was a ton of stuff on their floor and I expected that of them, I mean, there's going to be so much pushback. I don't want to do that. They're littler than me. They're not going to want to do that, right? And like for chores and stuff too, if they have to put their clothes away, which they do, it's not a lot of clothes to put away. Okay. Like it, it kind of matches their ability. And so I don't know, just chores have become so much easier too. And they they want to help out around the house. Like I said, my nine-year-old, even my five-year-old, they'll make breakfast and um you know, they could do a little better job on the cleanup sometimes, but hey, they they definitely, um, they like to help out. And so I appreciate that too. But Amazing. Yeah. And you know, with my husband too, he works from home. And so like when he comes up like for lunch, I can be present to him. I can say, hey, how was your day? And or, how was your morning? And he can tell me about things and I can like, sometimes I make little notes because I'm not going to remember this later, but then I, you know, can make notes about how his morning was. And then I can ask him again later, like, how, how was that call with so-and-so? And I can be specific about it. Right. Like I can wow. show these people that, that I love them and that I'm present to them and that I care about them. And I care about the details in their life, which wow. God cares about the details in our lives too. So I think we're called to live that way. If yeah, you can. Oh my gosh. That also speaks to me so big. You can care about the details in people's lives because when we live in clutter, we don't see details. Mm-mm. It's like everything is blended together. So you get rid of the clutter. I, I I literally have a visual of like, you start to see things like sparkle again, like even in your relationship. Yeah. Oh, that's mm-hmm. so amazing. So inspiring. So would you call um, what you do, do you call, is it your business? Is it a ministry? Is it what, how do you describe what you, what you do? Yeah, that's a good question. It started out as a hobby, right? Yes. That I just love to write. And so that's what I did. And it was a creative outlet that I found that I needed. And I was like a better parent when I had some writing time. And so, yeah, it's, it's turned into a business where I have courses now and you can get the courses on my website. If you sign up for my newsletter, you get my signature course half price. And so for like a week and um, so if anybody out there, yeah, if anybody's out there is looking for a decluttering guide um, that's Christian, you know, Holy Spirit led, they can check that out there. But And I did click over to your website. So correct me if I'm wrong, but is the decluttering course, it looks like you literally take us through in videos through your home and you show us like every room of the house, how you can go through and like organize it and live minimally in your home. Like you're giving us a living, breathing example. Is that right? Yeah, yeah, I do. I do. That's yeah, that's part of it. I do the home tour for sure. And I just talk through all of our systems. And this is this is what we do to maintain our minimalist home. And then it's also I do a part on decluttering the inner home. So I have like all these tools oh. for, for worry or for caring what other people think or for negative self-talk thoughts. And so there's that section. And then there's a section of just the physical, like, how do I declutter toys? Okay, this is how you do that. Yeah. Oh, my gosh, I'm so inspired. So is that the course that if you sign up for your newsletter, you get half off? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm 
I'm doing that today. That sounds so exciting. And I want more of this. I just love your, your energy and I love these tips. And I love, I love when people's businesses grow from like a really profound part of their life. Like, Mm-hmm. Wow, I went through this struggle. We had forty thousand dollars of consumer debt. We, you know, my counselor talked to me about have you ever heard of minimalism? That I went and I researched it and they did it and we've been living it now. And like all of the fruit that comes from that. Oh, and like God says, like walk by the spirit and we'll we'll experience more of his fruit, more of his goodness. This is so good. Yeah, yeah. That's what I just said. Like, Lord, this is yours. If you want this to grow, if this is a message you want people to hear then you do your thing. This is, this is oh, so amazing. So something else that I noticed, because I do pay attention to details and I get so curious about them. When I went to your Instagram page, first of all, I admire so much that you have found like such a great flow as a business owner of knowing how to organize your, your Instagram page. If you go through my Instagram, you can see that I've had all these different seasons of like, okay, let me try quotes. Okay. Let me try personal pictures. Okay. Let me try this. <laughs> And I am just always trying to figure out how I want to show up and like what I want to share on Instagram. So I love that yours has such a flow and it's so consistent. But something that I noticed is your captions are also very like spacious. Like literally you have a line and then you have spaces in between. They're easy to read. So I even felt like as I was reading your captions, visually they were minimal but also in the copy like the actual content it was like straight to the point here's what I'm talking about so it it got me so curious like wow how has God even transformed like the way that you speak and the way that you write to be more like straight to the point less fluffy you know do you Uh feel that that's happened because I kind of saw that when I was reading yeah that's an interesting insight I do I feel like I mean I feel like I am God has called me to live this way. And then I feel like in my writing, I am calling people to consider a countercultural life, to consider living differently. Right. Mm. And so I do think that I'm pretty direct in my captions, but, you know, let's live with less. Why not? You know, like consider living with less. So I think it's, it, yeah, I feel like God has directed me and now I'm being more, definitely more direct with, with what I'm saying. Amazing. Mm-hmm. I love that. And then do you, as a business owner, because this is your business now, do you also like, so, you know, as a business owner, you can be, um, uh, you know, let's say tempted with every course and every plan and everything that's out there to help you grow your business. And there's also so much digital information, right? Um, So how do you deal with that as a business owner? How do you approach that and really, truly, like intentionally? I'm assuming that's what you do. You really intentionally choose what you're mm-hmm. going to learn or like how you plan around your business. Do you tend to keep that more minimal and spacious too, even like your strategy? <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah. I would say that I've, I've kind of come to know um, the different people who I, who I really benefit from maybe, or whose voices mm-hmm. I really like to have in my head, right? Like, mm. and in their presence online and just like, I, I know who, who will add value to my life at mm. this point. And, and maybe that's because before this was a business, I did so much listening and reading and, you know, just learning. And so I kind of gravitated towards certain people where I'm just like, well, other people like this sounds good, but like, I actually have a marketing background. So I know a lot about marketing. I'm like, sure, you can market anything to sound good with the right words. Right. So, but Mm. I know, I know who, um, who adds value to my life and I pretty much stay with, with their stuff as they're growing and 
yeah it, I think that I'm definitely minimal in, in that way that yes you can be tempted but I'm like well no I know that this works for me so I'm gonna I'm gonna stick oh, with this yeah. amazing amazing so like your overall strategy and everything like when you're off the screen, you're off the internet, you're just sitting down working on your business. Do mm -hmm. you tend to keep your approach pretty minimal too? Because like, like, for example, I work with a lot of female entrepreneurs and a lot of them um, will express to me that they get bogged down in how much they over plan. Like they think they need to just really deeply like over plan so much and they fill up their asana with all these tasks and to do's and things mm -hmm. and courses. And it's like, really like, digital digital clutter but also kind of mental clutter so I'm just curious if you have a lightness in like the strategy area too yeah um yeah I think that I well like on social media for example I'm really only on Instagram I do a little bit maybe on Facebook but not much I mean like I really am pretty minimal on what I do for social media I mean because there's so many outlets out there you could promote on everything but you know I've just really focused on one and that's grown a, a lot and so it's working um and then, yeah, as far as like planning, it, it can be hard. I, I I think like, since I am home with my kids as well, like if I have a sitter come in for a couple hours and I've got like, okay, this is my two hour block today when I can write and like, but I also need to call the dentist and I also need to, you know, make this appointment. And so it can be um, it, it, like just step back and to kind of take a, you know, maybe a bird's eye view, like just a big picture mm -hmm. view of, okay, what is it that I have to do? And then like, what is essential and what is going to be life giving for me and what is going to make me a better mom? Like what's going to help me in my vocation here as a mom? Like, well, I know writing does. Right. And, um, you know, maybe that appointment, maybe I'll have a time where I block my appointment making, like maybe I'll just take an hour this morning where I'm going to make all these appointments. Right. So I'm not so scattered uh, around. And so, so yeah, I think also a big thing is watching how much you're on your phone because that phone is so distracting, even to have it near you, you know, studies say that you're going to be distracted, even if it's next to you. So mm. you know, keep your phone out of the room, keep it on airplane mode, do something to not be like, okay, I'm going to, you know, research this for my writing, but actually I'm going to read five articles now and oh, my hours up that I was going to write during that time. So, you know, just really being aware of where you're tempted to be distracted too, and then doing something to, to help you not fall into that is helpful. Yes. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I leave my phone in the kitchen 80% of the time at night before I get into bed because I just know myself and I know if I take it into the bedroom, I'm going to open up Instagram and I'm going to start scrolling. And sometimes I do choose to do that. But most of the time I try to be intentional with choosing not to do that because I always have this experience at the end of like 20 minutes of just sitting with a cup of tea or sitting with tea and reading. Of I always have this experience of having the thought, I'm so glad I didn't bring my phone in here. This was so nice to just not be on my phone. Now I'm going to sleep good. I feel so peaceful falling asleep. It's so true when we eliminate those distractions. Yeah, I have that experience with journaling. If I journal at the end mm. of the day, again, I love to write. If I journal it out at the end of the day, it's such a better ending to the day than if I'm like, you know, trying to do something online real quick or something. So, yeah. Oh, so good. <laughs> so one last question that I have on my mind right now is, has living minimally impacted your health and like even the way that you eat or the foods that you choose? Um, because I just imagine like less stress that must impact cravings that must impact so much yeah that's a great question we so we eat 
really clean. Um, we've got a couple kids with like dairy intolerances and gluten intolerances, all that that's, you know, out there now. Mm-hmm. And so, so we are into, you know, not all organic, but we try to do organic when we can. And so clean eating for sure, eating like whole foods mm-hmm. and, um, yeah, I think, yeah, definitely when you're less stressed, you're going to have less, less cravings. Um, I still like chocolate. I keep that, you know, but like you can have that just w- whenever really, but, um, I'm trying to think that, you know, it's given me more time to exercise too. So mm. exercise and movement is such an important thing, especially if you're like a creator and you're wanting to get your brain optimized and so mm. where you can really do some deep work and deep writing. Um, like it's given me time to like this morning, I ran a mile and then I lifted a little bit. I mean, that's just after I, so after I pray, I go, I go run and I go lift a little bit. And so like, it's just in my routine and it makes space for those type of things, like how you can take care of yourself so that you can then take care of others, whether it's food or your choices with, with moving your body. And so yeah, oh, it's, so it definitely amazing. leads to a healthier lifestyle. Of course. Yeah. I, w- I was, I had that on my mind because I was thinking about this podcast episode last night while I was cooking dinner. And I made such a simple dinner. I just put avocado oil in the pan and I put chicken thighs in there, salt and pepper. And then I baked sweet potatoes, just whole sweet potatoes. And I was just thinking to myself, even food and the way we cook and the way we meal plan and the way we eat healthy, like all of this can be minimal. Like I didn't have to do a thing to that sweet potato and it was so delicious. And that type of stuff also cuts out decision fatigue. It can, like decision fatigue is real. And so like, if you maybe have, like maybe in the morning, you know, you're going to have a smoothie for breakfast. You're going to have a salad for lunch and you're going to have meat and veggies for dinner. And you're going to do that pretty much every day because you feel good when you do that. And so you can vary what you put in your smoothie and you can vary what you put on your salad and what you put, you know, the veggies and the meat. But like you've got that that system, that template that like it just cuts out. What am I going to have? I don't know. And because we do, I forget the statistic, but we spend a lot of time actually thinking about food and what we're going to eat next and like how we're going to feed our kids and that type of stuff. So if you can just streamline that type of those type of choices, it, it helped a lot, put some boundaries around them and what works for you. Totally. Okay. I've got one more question for you because I don't want to forget to ask this one. Um, one question I had was with living minimally and having less in your home, does, do you ever have moments where you feel like we don't have enough stuff or, um, is there, is there ever discomfort with having a minimal amount of things in your home and how do you deal with that in those moments if you ever have them? Yeah. Um, honestly, I can't say that I have them. I can't. I, I, I think that we own enough and I think in our society we're we're a society so overwhelmed by clutter. Like we, the average home I think has 300,000 things in it and we only oh use my gosh. 20% of those things. So 80% of the things in the average home are unused, just sitting there unused. And wow. yeah, yeah, I think like 54% of Americans say they're overwhelmed by clutter. Well, 78% of those people don't know even where to start or what to do about that. So I think like we need to figure out that level of enough. And I feel like we've, we've found that and you almost need to experiment sometimes on the side of too little. And we definitely get a chance to experiment, experiment on the side of too much, right? But like when you experiment in between those two, you can find this level of enough. And um, yeah, we, I think we found it and we don't really feel much discomfort. You know, there are times like I'm going to say last week where my, my three-year-old, we, we keep the, um, the towels underneath the sink and he decided that 
it'd be a good idea to give all these folded clean towels a bath, right? So he takes all these towels and he puts them in the bathtub and he turns the water on. And so now we've got five towels that are just soaked. Well, we, when you only own 10 towels and you've got six people in your home, that's kind of a oh problem. Oh my gosh. <laughs> so, yeah. So as long as things like that don't happen too often, no, there's there's not a lot of discomfort. Oh my gosh. That was such a perfect example. And <laughs> like, all right, time to wash the towels. That's so great. Uh-huh. <laughs> oh, this was so incredible. So to wrap up, can you share one where people can find you, but also for the person who is like, I am so inspired by this. I need to do something right now to start living minimally. Like where can people find you? And then What's like one thing you would tell someone to do to get started? Even if it's one of your courses, that would be great. Yeah, sure. So you can find me online at richinwhatmatters.com. And I'm also fairly active on Instagram at richinwhatmatters. And yeah, I would say check out my Rich and What Matters signature course, sign up for the newsletter and get it half price. That'll walk you through how to get started and like where to start and what to do. And that just outlines everything that you need if you're inspired to live this way amazing. Thank you so much for being here. This was so fun. Thank you for having me, Paige. Oh my gosh, that was such an inspiring episode with Julia. Thank you so much for listening, Julia. Thank you so much for being with us. And in the show notes of this episode right here where you're listening to podcasts, I will add a link to sign up for Julia's newsletter. And like she said, when you sign up for her newsletter for the first week, you get 50% off of her course. So if you're looking to get started with minimalist living, just like I am, I am running and jumping to go get that course right now. I don't buy everyone's course, but for people who I know and love and trust, which Julia is quickly becoming one of those people for me. I will buy their course because there is going to be so much value in this course. I just know it just by this interview. So if you're looking to get started in living minimally as well, go sign up for her newsletter, grab that 50% off the course. So generous and DM me when you've done that. Let me know if you're doing the course and you're taking it. Let me know what you love. Let me know what's sticking out to you. Let's connect on this living minimally lifestyle. So inspiring. Thank you so much for being here and I'll see you for the next Living Brightly episode. Thanks for tuning in. If you desire support and community in your journey to living your bright life, come join us in Live Brightly, a transformative space that combines coaching and community, specifically designed for women who are ready to co-create a bright and purposeful life with God. Together, we'll explore the depths of his love and uncover the radiant potential within you. Don't miss out on this incredible opportunity to live a life that lights up the world around you. Join Live Brightly today at pageschmidt.com forward slash live brightly. We'll see you there.